dude, experience is the best teacher. The internships helped me, got real world experience. And I think that's like the best advice I can give to um, anyone starting out, especially in college, was right when I graduated, dude, I was like ready to, I, I had a job. Welcome to Creative Leadership with Heart, the podcast where we dive deep into the world of creative leadership. I'm your host, Regan Nassol. Join me as we explore the transformative impact of heart-centered leadership in today's creative and design organizations. What's up, all? Welcome back to Creative Leadership with Heart. Today, one of my good friends, I haven't talked to him for a while. It's been a minute, um, but a great story to tell and someone I've been following his career, career for a long time. We got Brian Gonzalo here, senior product designer at Intuit. Did work at NBC. We hooked up at Netflix. He was at VMware, did some cool product design work there, and he's now at Intuit. How you doing, Brian? Man, I'm doing great. It's good seeing you again, Rico. Yeah. Yeah, thanks for taking the time. And we'll just get into it. Tell us a little bit about yourself and, and your journey and why design? What was it about design that stole your heart? Yeah, man. Uh, it was great. Like every creative, um, like mine, mine was like aesthetic-based like design. So it grew up drawing comic books, like, like paintings, um, all, all that like fun stuff. But I think the differentiator too, was I was really into like technology, meaning like spaceships, taking apart radios and um, like seeing problem solving. And I think it helped too, because my dad was in the Air Force. I grew up in Air Force base. So it was like the melding of like technology, um, products, and also like drawing. So it's like drawing blueprints, like is a thing. Went to school, you know, the traditional high school stuff, always did art. I was known as the artist. But it wasn't really till college where I was like, I don't want to be known as an artist. I want to be known as a creative because you can do like a lot more things than just draw. Because I was like, hey, I'm multifaceted. Let's like show that off. So I went to school for one of the most like multifaceted majors, um, motion graphics, because it's graphic design. It's a technical aspect. There's some programming. It's like um, like you, it's it's commercial, but it's also interaction like at a time. And then luckily for me, um, went to school at Cal State Long Beach, go beach to the state schools uh like hollywood so many internships bro it was crazy like um i know some people go to like private schools and they they have to go through this rigorous curriculum mine was dude experience is the best teacher the internships helped me got real world experience and i think that's like the best advice i can give to um anyone starting out especially in college was right when i graduated dude i was like ready to i, I had a job it was cool it was at an agency but like agencies a whole nother topic like that's a great place to get your chops going you learn how to work and I, um, I hope to communicate like being a workhorse and just like being willing to work, it, it'll, it'll go a long way. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, interesting. Like the, I I'm, I'm with you. I'm 100%, like not nothing against anyone who goes for masters and stuff like that, yeah. but it's almost like the school of hard knocks, right? Like I'd rather go do it than go study about how other people did it and then try to figure out how to do it myself. Right. So when people were going to get their like MBAs, and stuff like that. I was like creating content before content creators was a thing. Like I was at Zappos, like creating videos, creating this stuff. And I that's my I guess school of hard knocks PhD. Uh mm -hmm. you learn, you build things and you just you do trial and error. Um yeah, in a weird way too. There's something about um, I mean, I love sports. I know we talk about like NBA a lot. There's this like feeling of like, hey, I'm in the industry, I'm in the league, and the people I'm learning from are actually like they're accessible, like you're you know, either working next to them or you're competing for jobs so like against them. And so it's like a whole different dynamic too of like, dude, I belong here. And we can get into imposter syndrome later, but um, there's also like a beauty of like, I'm learning on the job. I'm getting paid to learn rather than paying to, to learn. Yeah. When, what was that moment for you when you knew like, this is what I want to do? 
um super ego trip was uh work like when i jumped into after effects i was like you know this is very technical but if you have like a good eye like like graphic design or you just know the basic design principles you can actually solve a problem for someone and it's like oh my god you made it move or you made it like go up and down or you edit that that's great and i was like wow this wasn't really that hard um but it gave like people so much joy and also like man you actually make money doing this like all right i'm in and so um i think that was like my moment and then like even to add that on top was my first like commercial piece that went live was uh is like a billboard music awards like 2011 like this was the time like bieber was hot um like it was like bieber eminem and rihanna like lady adam bellum like that's how dated it was but just making the graphics card for that and then coming home and telling my parents like hey we're on nbc like abc watching a billboard music awards and i'm like hey i designed that text and those like animations i think that that was it after that i was hooked nice so that, that's amazing actually to have your parents see your work live because i don't think my parents could even to this day tell you what i do um they could tell Bro. you where i worked in all the different places i've worked but they could not tell you what I did. And maybe that's the old school Filipino thing. They're just like, they don't understand the technology. But for you, that must have been cool for your parents to see work you've done. And to like for us, humble Filipinos are like, that's on nationwide or the world is seeing that on TV. How was that? Um, it's great. I just want to acknowledge that. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll show my, my parents still don't know exactly what I do. Sometimes they'll, I don't know if everyone else sees us as immigrant parents. They say like, they correlate the internet or apps as like, oh, that's, oh, that's Facebook. Uh, he works like, I'm like, I don't work at Facebook. Or oh, that's <laughs> Apple. Oh, that's Apple. Like he works on this and it's like, oh, you mean the phone? I'm like, no, it's an, it's an application like on the phone or something on TV. So um, it's cool. It's a different generation, right? Like my yeah. parent, like my dad, like ex-military, that's like 20 years, other job, another 20 years, my mom's school district, 20 plus years. Like they're, they're in the school of like, Hey, you stick to a job, you stay there forever. I think uh, us is we have so much mobility and um, I think knowledge, of course, knowledge and skill like allow that. Um, but it was a great joy to like show that to my parents. And I guess the the best moment of that is like, oh, you're not going to be broke being an artist. <laughs> I was just like, I'm not an artist. I'm a creative, I'm a designer. There's like a difference. And I, I can't even get into the academic background of like explaining artist versus designer because my parents don't care. They're just like, hey, he's he's making money as a job. We did our job right. And I'm like, cool. Thanks, mom. That's all you, that's all you got to say. Yeah. Um, I want to get into your personal mission, but I, there's some stuff in there that I want to get into too. Cause I think, you know, we have similar backgrounds, parents mm -hmm. similar. They both were like, my mom was a nurse for like 40 years. Yeah. Right? And my dad was also, he was in education for like 35 years or something insane. Right. Um, uh, yeah. so that, that kind of immigrant mentality, cause we're first generation, right? Correct. That immigrant mentality of like, you can be anything you want as long as it's a doctor, a nurse or a, a lawyer, right? <laughs> or accountant, right. Um, how did that impact you and like your creativity or like wanting to kind of buck the trend, not going into the military or education? Yeah, that's a good one. Cause um, I think about that, like there's always jokes. I'm like, Hey, you're like a Filipino, that's not a nurse or like an accountant. I'm like, well, FinTech is kind of close. Um, but I, I think I attribute that a lot to growing up in like Long Beach, California, like Los Angeles, that area is because it's so diverse. And then, you know, people always like say we want diversity in our company and I'll go to my personal mission uh, later. But like, I really think that was the strength of it because you see some you're around so many different people. So, yeah, strong 
connection to the Filipino community, but I also grew around like everybody else. And so there was like a good mixture of like, yeah, some when we go to college or you go to high school, people like, I really, I really want to be a nurse. I really want to be a doctor or accountant. Um, and it, it also helped that some of my cousins didn't do that as well. Cause um, it's like, Hey, just find something you're good at. And then this is America. You can find a career path for it. And also like, I, you know, man, looking back like, you know, when you're young, you're fighting with your parents. I'm like, now I'm older. I'm like, damn, man, they actually did it right. They were just kind of like, look, you're going to live and die by your decision. So pick something and just be good with it. So I like, I supported them with that. The, the downside is though, like you're forging your own path. It's really hard to find like a mentor or like, um, being motivated because those doors are not like, I don't want to say accessible, but we don't like, I didn't know about them because no one did it yet in like our family group or in our, in our community. Right. It's like, well, who do I talk to? There's no one that looks like me. There's no one with the same last name as me. <laughs> so it takes a while. And so, um, but luckily again, like, you know, people are really cool that I, I've just been very lucky that people are cool. I've been working with and they, um, left the door open for me and then it goes into personal mission, man. I got to do the same thing, but I got to leave it even wider. So, um, and I attribute a piece of that to you too, man. So, um, it, it's, it's, it's like that. Like you have to find your own motivation, your own like uh, community. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. I'm 100% agree. And I, I, I almost have to use, I had to use my parents as an example to like put that logic in their face almost. Right. Cause our parents came here to give us a better life. Right. And they probably bucked the trend. They went against their parents. Like I know my parents did. My mom was supposed to be a teacher and, and like stay on the farm in the Philippines. Same with my dad. But they both said, no, we're going to the U.S. because we want a better life. Came here with $50 in their pocket. Oh, my man. dad had a had a like a master's degree in mechanical engineering and he couldn't get a job. He had a job as a janitor. Right. Like that's all anyone would give him back then. But so what I what I say is like you brought us here. You came here to have a better life. Let let us, let me experience that. Let me take advantage of the things that you had to do and I will not fail you, right? Like I, I wasn't that bold, but I, and that's yeah. how I was thinking in my head. I'll, I'll make it worth your, you going through all that sacrifice. Um, and it's the, the best, the, that's, if we didn't do that, I think we would be doing our parents a disservice. If we kind of just did whatever was easy, I think we would do them a disservice because they went through so much hardship to get us here and to open the door for us, right? And, it's maybe a good segue to get into your personal mission because yeah, like that's what we do. And hopefully I, I, what I would do with you, I always challenge you, like, can you do more? Think about it this way. Think about it bigger. Don't think small, think big because big is hard. And the harder we push, the farther we can go. Damn. I like that. Yeah. Personal mission was, and it took a while to get there. Cause I realized like, man, the higher you, you go up, there's less people that look like you. Right. And it's not a, Look, people can say like, oh my God, like I feel attacked or whatever. Like I don't, I'm just like, okay, cool. Like I got here, proof, proof other people can too. Um, let me see how I can get more inter more diverse pool of interns or how can I get, or just influence um, hiring in a certain way, right? It's like, you know, you, you have like in tech, very criticized that, especially FinTech, like it's the same type of people. Like here's your like Stanford grads, you know, we have our NY, like NYU, Harvard, like the cream of the crop, right? Um, regardless of like their cultural background, I, I still feel like they're thinking the same way because they came from these institutions. Um, so what I'm like personal, like my personal mission is like, yo, can we just get like one or two? Let me get a couple in from like state schools, like like um, inner city, like youth, just to know like, yo, these things exist. You don't just have to like strive to be, um, like, Hey, I work at a big company as like, 
like you know, you just work you just work at Intuit or you just work at Meta or you work at Zappos or you work at Netflix. Like, no, no, no. I want you to think even deeper. It's like, look, let me show you how the sausage is made where you're working at these big companies, but you're actually making the product. I think that's like the next goal because I know there's a lot of groups that say, hey, you can get in here, but I almost feel like they're a little capped. I was like, look, I'm in here. I'm literally making these things millions of people are using, right? And then my team is super diverse too. And it's like, we want to showcase that. So I've been, we'll talk about more things that I'm proud of is like highlighting that. And, it, and it's so hilarious to me that that's other companies are scrambling to do that and showcase like, look how diverse we are or look how we're recruiting. I'm like, dude, we've already been doing it. It's because like, people like myself and then like other leaders in the company um, already had that thought. Like we make software for everyone. We should be more reflective of what everyone like not only looks, but thinks like or background. So um, like my personal mission is like, yo, let's get some of these kids from Cal State LA, Cal State Long, Long Beach or um, other places where you wouldn't think to get talent is, is there. Remember Jordan was drafted third. <laughs> COVID like 16th, right? Steph was like, I know your words, they were drafted not as high as people thought. So you got to like look for talent um, where, you're, you know, you just got to look a little bit harder. You can find some good talent. Yeah. I mean, I'm a product of a state school and I'm proud yeah. of it. Right. And and it's, you bring up a really good point, right? Because you look at some of these places, yeah, Stanford, Wharton, Harvard, whatever. Oh right. And to be honest, I had imposter syndrome because I, because I would sit in a room like these executives at Netflix. Right. And you look around the table. And it's like Brown, this, that, Stanford, Gosh. whatever. And then I'm like, dude, I went to Sacramento State. Oh, right? man, that's right. Look, MBA, 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 yeah, MBA, is. MBA, bachelor's in like, I I was even in communication studies. I'm not even like in tech. I don't have a tech degree. But it's because it's it wasn't my background and it wasn't my credentials. It was the way I approached the work. Right. And I think that's that's the thing to take away from I, what I hear you saying. Right. Is like we just need to create more access for people who are good at the work, who cares where they came from, who cares about like what people say about the colleges they go to. Like when he, even when I was in, in hiring for folks on the team, I never looked at school. I never looked at like there's people that were on Creative Studio that didn't even have degrees. Yeah. Right. That's, that's right? people that about were working at like a kid's gym. Like we had someone that was working at a kid's gym. Who's like a very high level. He knows who he is. He's like a very high level contributor on the, on the labs team. Right. There's a lot of people that didn't have degrees or didn't have that traditional background, but we, and I don't even want to say we took a chance. We just gave them the opportunity and they kicked the door open. Right. Like that's what mm -hmm. you can find because folks who come from those communities oftentimes are more scrappy. Like that's, and I know how I was. Like, I just wasn't going to fail. I didn't want to let myself fail. I agree. But also, like, I want to be realistic, too. Like, hey, sometimes you're going to have to take a chance on some people. Like, it takes a while for them to pan out because of, like you said, like, I want to acknowledge that there's imposter syndrome that comes with a lot of their, like, people's experiences growing up. Maybe they don't got that motivation. Like, I'm super confident. But, like, I, that's an extrovert. I Like, I respect people who are introverted and, like, who don't just, like, talk their way out of a situation. Like, they have to take time to think. And that could be perceived as like, are you not working hard? And so um, I agree with you. It, it's, it, I think it's the institution, like the team. It's like, hey, I'm going to, I'm not taking the chance, but I'm giving you the opportunity. Um, it's up to you what you do with it. Because um, I mean, think it's for better or for worse. I still have that Netflix mentality. Like, hey, we're not a family. We're like, this is a sports team. Um, there's some grace, but, um, but we, need, we need to get like some, we need to ship some of these products because at the end of the day, like it's a business. Um, yeah. But. Unless we have equal opportunity, that's the most important part. Yeah. And and 
some I'm glad you pointed it out. Thank you for for pointing that out, right? Like you, I mean you have to have some skills, right? So Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I want to be realistic too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but some things like we got creative, right? For example, um we didn't we didn't get to necessarily hire anyone, but we were looking for sound designers. Mm, and mm. right, sound designers are 99% white male. <laughs> right? Yeah. I don't think anyone listening to this is going to be surprised by that. So like if you if you're like no, it's not like it's 99%. 99% right? in Hollywood, right? In Hollywood. And so what we did was we started to talk to and train and educate women that were music sound engineers. So people that were mixing down soundtracks, right, for like different uh, record labels. And that is way more diverse than sound design in Hollywood. And so like it's even about getting creative like that. Like what are the skill sets that translate from more diverse communities, right? So mixing down is a directly related skill set. I want to touch on that too um, for everyone that's on the call because a product designer um, specialty is like visual design for Intuit, right? I, let me explain my role a little bit. So I'm on like this Intuit and then uh, I'm on QuickBooks specifically. And then the team I'm on is called like money. So we're in charge of invoicing payments, banking, onboarding, um, a lot of those stuff that make the money move. And so huge company. I mean, dude, we have like thousands of designers, a couple design systems. Problem with that is you need, we strive for um, platform cohesion. So what I do is like, I'm working, I'm responsible for this org, working for this team that we utilize the design system. We don't break patterns. We don't make bespoke things because you want to make sure we're using the right components and patterns. So engineering uh, works really well. So I explained a lot there. So we talk about transferable skills. Like if you're not good at the software, like Figma or whatever, dude, you can learn that. Like the, mm -hmm. there's like these, there are some things that's like, you're not the best at Figma, but you'll pick it up really quickly. The things that we're looking for is, can you communicate? Um, do you know how to like um, concept ideas based on like the problem that's there? And also like, I mean, we talk about it, no ego amigo, <laughs> but it actually goes a long way because we're working on very like stressful like sprints and um, like being personable actually goes a long way and being like um, flexible too of like, hey, I know, I scoped this like for three days, but it's actually five. Can you can you keep designing this a little bit more? And um, you can also say no, like that's a skill too. But I, I just want to zoom back to what you're saying, like like it's not a, it's it this, the tools are important, the technical acumen that's very important, but it's not the most important. The the most especially with AI, which I do a lot of videos on my channel uh, on Instagram uh, at iambryanvia.com, is that that's <laughs> my plug that AI can actually do a lot of these redundant roles, especially now more than ever. Mm -hmm. um, so what are you bringing that's different that than AI can't do? Dude, you can concept, you can, you know, the product, you know, the customer. So these are things that's like, Hey, I don't know the software yet, but don't matter. I know how to talk to people. I know how to write. It's like, use that leverage that as your skill set uh, coming in the door. Nice. Nice. Um, Dude, we can do a whole another one about AI. Let's not get into that because we'll, okay, okay. we'll like a few one. hours. Yeah, I know. I know. Um, we'll, save we'll, we'll have you back. I'll have you back when we talk <laughs> about that. So, you know what? You wanted to talk about imposter syndrome. You, you mentioned that you wanted to bring that up. Yeah. Um, and you're you're an extrovert. I'm the complete opposite. I'm introvert. Um, I like my quiet, and I usually need to recharge after. So, what were some of the? I, I don't know if imposter syndrome was one of the challenges, but what were, what were some of the challenges for you coming up? Um, in your industry yeah i i mean honestly the imposter syndrome was hard it's i want to relate back to 
the bigger companies like the NBCs and then like the Netflix, like working at like NBC Universal, like imposter syndrome. Yeah, it, it was hard because um, Hollywood studios have a way of like the producer like runs the show, because, which is like very interesting when you like look back at it. I'm like, actually, you're the one that knows the least about everything. <laughs> it's just like a bureaucracy. Um, and you you don't have the power to manifest the work. Like you, you can't like make the ambiguous tangible. Right, it's what we always talk about. Like I have a great leader at Intuit that said, she says that a lot. Like you make the like the ambiguous like possible, like tangible. Um, so like the hardest part there was um, imposter syndrome. Like, do I belong here? There's is it, you know? Um, it's like man, I, I feel like I'm super young. Like I'm I'm like I listen to like hip hop music. Like I wear Jordans. <laughs> like in these meetings, people are wearing like slacks and like the the powder blue shirts. There's like a lot of I have tattoos. It was like I felt that way. So I was. I felt like I was trying to fit in as like a cog in the machine when I was at NBC. But as I got um, more confident and the work started to speak for itself, um, you're right. Like you, like it was okay to just like um, be, express um, who I am and also like speak up in meetings because I achieved some work. I think that's the most important part too, where people start respecting the work because they see it and they're like, oh man. And you know, there's a part of it romanticized like, oh, you're an artist, you're a designer, you're supposed to be a little weird. So like, yeah, whatever. It's like a little license for me. Um, at Netflix, the hardest part, very similar to you, where I saw colleagues, although like my resume was pretty good, like worked on like some Super Bowls and Sunday night and some Kardashian shows. It's like, I'm like, oh man, these people are coming from, and Netflix was interesting because you would be higher, you come from a higher level at your previous company. And then you're like one or two levels down <laughs> at, at Netflix where I'm like, oh, the person I'm working with was like, oh, I did the whole campaign for American Horror Story. I'm like, what the fudge? Like, I uh, hear, and so the imposter syndrome started seeing like, well, there's, I'm on an all-star team. What, where can, where can I get in and fit in? And it took a while, man. Like, um, I was like, what, where, like, why am I he even here? Like you already have someone that can do this job. So, um, I think that was just being young too. And just being an environment, a hyper like end of the spectrum of like, what happens if just everyone's good? It's like, dude, you, it's, it's hard to get playing time. It's hard to get like some FaceTime or even talk in a meeting. Cause everyone wants to like get their two cents out when a leader's in there. And so um, that was like the biggest challenge for me. Plus I was just like a little wet behind the ears. I look back now, I'm like, dude, if I just led with data, like data from users or led with data from a design system point of view, or even just question data, I think um, like where I'm at now in my career, like there's no more imposter syndrome because it's like, dude, I built it. I have the files. I have the, I have the PRDs, which is a product requirement doc for those uh, <laughs> who are not PMs. Like I, as a designer, there's, you're right. Some people think of it as some orgs, think of it as a service role. No, knowing what I know now and modeling from really great leaders, like at Intuit, dude, and, and you too, it's like, no, you could you could be design-led or you can be pretty damn close to being design-led. Like PRDs come out, yo, they're for the whole team. You have edit access, write some comments. If um, when a leader is like, any questions, dude, I'm formulating three questions in my head. I'm just trying to get that mic just to get some FaceTime as like a design org that like we have a voice, like we're not just pushing pixels. So um, I like, again, contrast it in posture syndrome because I wasn't confident. I didn't ask questions, but as I did more work and I got more confident because the work was received very well, I started like leaning in more. Um, and so that's something I want people to like take away too. Like do some, do some work, show it off and then really capitalize when you're, when you're getting hot, like just start asking questions. Yeah, that's, that's great advice. I would rewind that and listen to that again. <laughs> if you're, if yeah. you're listening, because because there's some really great stuff in there, and especially like the um, 
like just showing the work and doing the work. Um, and there was something that I, I can't think, I, I'll remember when I get back to it, but okay. there was something specific that you said that, that triggered me to, um, shoot, I can't think of it now. Which Man, one was you, it? It was a lot of gold in there. And like, I know I, I did. Was, I, I, I packed it pretty good. <laughs> yeah, you did pack it pretty good. Um, but it, I'm sure it'll come back to me. Um, yeah, we're going to, we're in, in terms okay. of the imposter syndrome, what are the things that, yeah, you did the work, but was, what about the internal work? Like what, how did you get that confidence? Was it just because people were giving you feedback, but what, what gave you that confidence to speak up? Oh yeah. Um, help of a mentor really, really works. Um, I know there's, how do you pick a mentor? Like it doesn't have to be in the same um, org as you or the same company. It could be someone whose career is adjacent to yours or even not. Like I have one of my mentors, um, she's at like meta and she, she's like, she's not even a designer, dude. She's like a, like a director just manages people. But I ask her a lot of soft skill questions. Another mentor I have is that into it and he's an engineering like a uh, director. And I ask him about life questions and the imposter syndrome start to disappear and I'm doing the internal work because hearing people who are really high up and you explain to them, this is how I'm feeling. What is it? They validate that and say like, dude, me too. I felt that way 20 years ago. That's normal. It's okay. What you got to do is X, Y, Z, or have you considered this? And like the help of seeing someone who's successful really high up, like, and, and everyone's like view of success is different. Mine is, yeah, you, you're a director, you manage people, you have impact on the product, do what you like, but you also have work-life balance. Like, you know, wife, kids, pick a fence, have a cool hobby. And it's like, dude, yeah, you got it all. Give me some advice. <laughs> like I have some questions to ask you. And then you start like seeing like, oh, okay, these are just human problems. Like, you'll you'll slowly kind of just like along with doing the work i just want to emphasize you got to do the like the actual work that people see like it, that that imposter syndrome starts to like decrease less and less and then you get the confidence and the confidence is because you're making work and also you you have like a phone a friend at any moment you can talk to your mentor yeah no that's great like i truly believe in mentors like i had a, a bunch along the way and like i wouldn't be where i am without them and some knew they were some didn't yeah, um, that's true too. You want to? Yeah. I think you should tell people that too. They don't have to know that that you're they're mentoring you because they could feel weird about it too. Yeah, like Steve Johnson was a big one for me, and and I was lucky enough to have like a every two weeks we met, and there were just one on ones, right? And I would ask him organizational questions, personal questions, design que like whatever, anything, and he was an open book and always willing to take my calls, answer my tasks like take my meetings and all that stuff. And yeah, he helped me a lot. Um, and I remember what I was going to say was, because <clears throat> you, you brought up points in there about like design has a voice, right? Mm. And so oftentimes design, like we expect everybody just to understand the value of design. Like, why don't you value design, right? Like we throw our hands up because like, dude, design's important. And if you don't can't see that, then, you know, like, why don't you? And like, there's a little bit of truth to that. But like, I like what you said, where it's like, you kind of have to tell people why it's important and you have a perspective and you have a point of view, because then you can, you can tell them what good looks like from a design perspective. Because if they're product managers or engineers, they're going to tell you what good looks like from their perspective. And that means a feature that just works and code that that's, has no bugs, right? That's what good looks like for a PM right? but for design, it's like, no, but it has to be simple. It has to be intuitive and it can't get in your way. Right. So like, that's a different perspective than the other two. So sometimes if we as a design organization or creatives don't speak up for our craft, 
no one else will. And it, it, I don't want to say that it's, it's on us to do because it's almost like asking the minority to teach the majority about yeah. DEIB, right? Um, but still, progress for progress to be made, they first have to be educated on what that looks like. 100%. And then just a couple strategies that I've implemented on how to do that too. I've always been told like, well, if design wants a seat at the table, you, sometimes you just got to like rock the table a little bit to like, hey, let me pull up a seat. Let me show you like what I got um, and like what value it brings to the customer. Again, like bringing data, like customer VOC, because um, at Intuit, it's like, I mean, dude, it's, it's on the building. Like we're customer obsessed. Once customers like say things, again, we don't design what the customer is asking for. It's more what they need. But you can have data and say like, look, we X amount of customers are saying this um, and they're requesting this feature. Let's consider building this feature, but let's let's ask why they need this feature. And then maybe it's fixing something that was broken or it's maybe simple as like, oh yeah, they just need this feature. <laughs> and then you can see retention go up, utilization goes up. And then that's a win. Like PMs love that data. And I love it too, because it's, you know, end of year conversation. End of year conversation is basically like for, for people who are entering the, the field, like um, you're going to have a performance evaluation, which you're participating in. And I did it with, um, I don't know if I did it with you, Rico, because maybe you were like one level like above, above or two levels removed from me, but like you would have an evaluation of your peers and you have evaluation, your self-evaluation, but you, you, you have to bring up data to, to justify, like, I want more money <laughs> or more stock or I want a promotion. And you can look to that. Like th this is important because let's be real. Some people are getting into this field because it's very, it's, it's, it's a very, it's a very popular field, but it's also competitive. You want to come in saying like, as a designer, I made this impact. I reduce errors by X percent. I increased utilization by this percent, or um, I just like sped up development by using the right components. That's another thing too. So um, you look at it from that angle, like design. And this is like one of these like advice things where like early grads is a pitfall. Be careful for people who are getting into their first job. They think their first project, their first design is going to save the company. I'm like, dude, into it's been here for 40 years. It's worth like a lot of billion dollars. Like we'll be fine. It's more like you have to solve things over a period of time. Like what it would like, what have you done for the org over a course of one year? Like you, you can really see the impact that you make. Yeah. Yeah. I, mean, I don't think any company, especially when the size of Intuit gets saved by one specific product. Yeah. Right? Or, especially or one, one version of a product. Yeah. You think like, one screen is like, yeah, like I got to make this one screen, have all this information and like all these access points. I'm like, as my professional opinion, as a visual designer on the components, this is a nightmare. You should not. And also it, it's funny how I phrase my words. Cause I can't tell a grown adult <laughs> what to do. I'm like, my professional recommendation is as a visual designer, you should not do this, <laughs> yeah, but I recommend yeah. you don't You, I recommend these options instead. So, um, I kind of look at it from like that point of view too. Nice. So you, you said advice. So I want to get into that piece. Yeah. What, what is one or maybe two pieces of advice you have for folks either starting, maybe struggling or wanting to get into the creative field? Yeah. Um, I just want to acknowledge when we say creative in, um, in software or, or software adjacent, it doesn't mean, can I draw? Can I be a graphic designer? No, man, those are those are tools in your toolbox as a creative, right? As a designer. Um, I'm just, I wanna throw it out there. There's some designers that don't make anything aesthetic at all. It's just purely they design the workflow as a solution or they design the architecture of a system. 
that's purely valid. So that's like, if that's a path, um, if that's a string, a, a, a strong suit, <laughs> like go for it. Mine is like, I like, I love designing the UI and, and like, um, at scale. So just want to throw that out there for the people listening, um, some advice. Here's the best advice when you start a new company or you start a new job. I have this trademark three chilies uh, approach to design and it's a three chili strategy. Okay. Bear with me. Ooh, First about to chili. drop some gold here. This is gold. Okay. <laughs> my team loves it so much. They put it in my um, mid-year and yearly reviews. Is this patented? Because we need to, it's okay, copyrighted. Yeah, well, into it. Owns it. They own the work. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But, go for uh, it. Right. Throw one chili emoji. Ding. Uh, first is just do what's asked. Use off-the-shelf components. If if here's the brief, here's the problem. Just give what whoever's requesting the work or like the team. Just give like the baseline and say like, if we just do what you just asked, this is what it looks like. Strategically, it's to show that like, hey, it's actually kind of dull. Or on the flip side, dude, it's actually we solved it right there. Okay, because there's constraints such as time, budget engineering support. There's a lot of things that can factor into it, but give just what's asked. And it shows that you're not like going rogue. Just, just give the team what ask one chili. Two chili is an improvement on the one. So this is where you can start two chili thing. Like you can start like tweaking some of the things or up leveling, right? Like maybe use some more, maybe we can use an illustration. Maybe we can use, um, like a motion graph, like a, an animation, maybe different types of text. We can change the scale, color, um, rearrange some buttons to be a different type of components, maybe a switch or toggle instead of a whatever, checkbox, whatever, like other things. So that's too chilly. Too chilly is, is like a good spot you want to be in because it's the risk is acceptable. It actually up levels, makes people excited. Three chilly, three chilly is I never expect any product team to pick a three chilly approach. Three chilly, ding is the hottest, the spiciest take where if I had unlimited engineers and this is pure, like I'm just mm -hmm. iterating, breaking stuff. Like if I just imagine something to be perfect, what would it look like in, in, from a design point of view? And that's just to spark a conversation, like a what if. Also, you want to do that as a designer. So people always view you as like, man, Brian has some good ideas. We can implement some of those, but some of them, if we distill it down, there's some gold there. And so um, start with that. The problem I've seen with people who enter the industry or, or um, new hires, because I don't want to say like young because it's new hires <laughs> or yeah. early career, is that here's a brief, here's a, a request, and they start off on the three chili approach. So like we look at crit and we're like, what, 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 what happened here? This is like supposed to be like a one day, maybe three day engineering effort. This looks like a three month engineering effort. Can you, are you, are you showing me you're listening? And so um, we talk about building trust and showing good work start with the one give them what they want most of the time that solves it and then the second one is where you can have some fun where like hey what if we up level the design check this out people start respecting you because you have a vision third chili is you don't do it all the time but sometimes you just want to show some really crazy badass work and then they just like you know people just like clap and we're like oh, that's cool we can't build it but like i appreciate you trying <laughs> oh man i i gave you a lot of three chili work didn't i <laughs> you give me a lot of three a lot of our stuff you know i will say people don't know it because i i can't release it but man we had some fire work rico like like i i i look at the product like what i'm what we're like six years removed from like yeah. Netflix. Yeah. i see us a, a few of it trickle down like every now and then when i open the ui and i'll just be like yeah. did someone find our old file or or this i'm just like i guess you know not saying i have the hard drive don't come at me but i'm just <laughs> like i was like huh i remember no that. i mean there's a lot of stuff that you 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 and i talked about that yeah never got around to being built when we were there 
Um, mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. things come around. Things come around. It, yeah, it's cool. Um, I mean, we're on to next next journey of our lives. It's up for the the next yeah. you know, next people to do it. Yeah. Um, so I also want to talk about like what what else are you getting into? So like you're designing into it. You're also like creating a lot of content. Like yeah. what else can people um, get from you online and if they follow you? Yeah. So um, two things. Like I um, I love that you're doing these videos. It actually inspired me to do uh, mine. But you know we have a different tone and voice, so different brand. Um, it's so interesting. We talk about impact, right? So how something I started at work where I just wanted to tell people how to use primary, secondary, and tertiary buttons, like call to action buttons. And I started like, no one's going to read this like report or this like Slack message. What if I just make a video? And it started off as like Brian snacks and patterns. So I started making internal videos. I, I, you you think it's you think I'm crazy, but it's like this is how you use the different types of like links in our design system because we have a very robust system, and we and it's QuickBooks. We also have like Intuit owns TurboTax, like Credit mm-hmm. Karma. There were different design systems, so I, I want to be crisp on where to use them. I I did that starting like 2022, and I I there was a time I was knocking out like every other week, so I have a huge library. Um, leadership saw it and was like, "Yo, we want to rebrand this into something bigger, bigger design community." So I got a, I basically got acquired, which is a dream by um, like one of like the VPs of design, super cool guy. Like I look up to him. He's like an unofficial mentor as well. And yeah. he partnered me up with his direct reports and she's super high up. She's going to watch this interview. Um, so Tina, yeah, well, you're the best. Um, <laughs> so we, we started doing these together of, of tackling more complex problems, right? Like in, in, in messaging what design is and com- technology, right? Like really specific things. So those are proprietary. Like I can't share those anywhere else, but like people yeah, in the no company love them and I make them fun. And I know um, we're hiring like Gen Z. It's, hell, it's going to be a huge user base in like 2030. So training videos are like this format, like, you know, um, landscape. I started making them all on Instagram and TikTok, like as a, as a format, but I throw them in After Effects and Premiere to like really spite, you know, make it look cool. Of course you do. Of course you do. Of course I do. This is me, you know, and remind you, I, no one asked me to do this. I was just like, yo, I'm having fun. And also I'm tired of getting asked the same questions. So I started doing these just for my org of just like man, 15 people blew up to 40 people. Now we're in like a whole like business segment, like hundreds of people are seeing our, like our videos. And it was great for my brand because people see me as like, Yo, this is a designer that knows the components inside and out, which I don't. I know how to find resources because I do my research. But now the perception is that Brian knows this stuff, which I do, but I don't know everything, but I can find out how to answer it. And then I started and um, I love that. gave me energy. Then I was like, look, I really want to talk about Gen AI. I want to talk about other art things too, but um, maybe these topics are not appropriate for work. Maybe they're like Polish poster design. That's a video on my channel um like gen ai i was like you know what i you know i can just do that on my own and, and so i i already learned we talked about learning on someone else's company yeah company teaching you company encouraged me to do this for for them which we knock out like two three videos a month um and that's self-imposed no one's telling me to do that I, we just did it and so uh, even even better when other people are hosting the videos not just me so i've scaled it i i have proved i have built something at scale and now I'm doing my own videos on my channel to talk about, um, you, you know, at that same altitude too. Like, hey, here's some like Gen AI tips on prompt writing. Here's um, how you use like Midjourney. Here's how you use um, ChatGPT. And then the other ones I'm gonna like now I've been invited to conventions 
So like I went to Adobe Max, I, I'm going to have a video dropping on that, like a variety of things. So nice. uh, I, I see myself not as like an educator, but it's like, hey, I'm here's my view on tech that everyone has their own point of view, but it's my spin, like my from my language, my tone of voice, my music, and then my key takeaways. So um, nice. that's what I'm really passionate about. Nice. Um, I know we could keep going. We're we're over our, already as it is. Oh um, man, sorry. I, like, we just, no, 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 dude. Like, we can probably. I'll, I'll definitely have you back again. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So, where, how can people find you? Where can people find you? Like, yeah. Where are you at? Yeah. The best is my Instagram. Look, man. I, I'm a uh, I'm a millennial, but uh, yeah, maybe like Gen Z, Gen Alpha at this point, <laughs> just because like I'm so used to using all the tools and I love them. So, um, my Instagram handle is right there. Um, I, I post these videos. So um, anyone who just wants to like learn more about the type of videos I make or even you need inspiration to do that at your company too, like watch how um, the, the way I format the videos. Um, so Instagram is the best. LinkedIn is cool too. Like, but you know how LinkedIn is like super professional. People get kind of like, oh, I don't, I don't even have a LinkedIn, which is mind boggling to me. Like you're trying to get in this industry. You don't have a LinkedIn. Yeah. So, um, but if you have an Insta, like you can definitely DM me. Just let me know. Um, hey, I heard you on Rico's show. And um, I had some questions and I help. And like another, before we go, I just want to say, I talk at colleges and I always talk about, you need help, like look at a resume. I can, I, I can give you five minutes, 10 minutes. The funny part is people always want to chat, but they never follow up. And so that's correlating in my head. Like, I don't think you want this bad enough because one, I mean, you talk about your parents' journey and your journey and my journey. Dude, I will hound people. I used to email the people on like when, when I was interviewing and I saw the names of the people in my interview panel, you go under LinkedIn, you find yep. Twitter, you find anything to make a connection. Like if you want something bad enough, you'll do it. And if you're not my person, that's why we hire, like you said, state schools, scrappy. This is what scrappy means. Maybe you, you're not, not the smartest, but you will find what you have at like, you will find different ways to get an advantage or find some data to help you out and um, succeed. So that, that, that kind of encompasses this whole conversation. Like you, you may not, you're, you're transitioning careers. You're just starting. Yeah. You're at a disadvantage, but are you like, you can still be scrappy. You have the internet. It's the ultimate, like, it's like leveler. <laughs> yeah. This generation, man, the internet is so it connects everybody. And yeah, one thing you said, right? Like, um, it doesn't matter if you're not like the smartest because the school you went to, the only reason why is because you haven't been given the chance yet. Right. Yeah. That I think everybody has the same is on an even playing field on how smart they can be or like how much they can experience they can get with something. Someone just needs to show you how and give you the opportunity. So I'm willing, Brian's willing, if you want it bad enough, and that's what I tell people if you want it bad enough, we'll open doors for you, but you gotta walk through it. We can't, can't walk push through, you through the door, door for you. Yeah. I can't push you to the door, man. Like I, I'm I'm busy doing my own thing and like other things in life, and but I left it open for you. You just gotta get through it. You so yeah. Uh, yeah, I hope this inspires someone to do it and get we I, I, I draw some really good nuggets in here for, for the people that are really listening. Yeah, you did, you did. And thank you again for taking your time to to be with us here. Um we'll definitely have you back again. Follow his channel. Um I'm at Brian Via. Uh the links will be in the show notes. Uh, yeah. whatever links he sends me, they'll be dropped in the show notes so you can find them mm -hmm. anywhere, anytime. All right. Thank you all for joining me. Thanks again, Brian. We'll see you in the next one. Later, y'all. Bye. Thank you for checking out Creative Leadership with Heart. Just make sure you like and subscribe if you enjoyed the episode. We have a lot more content coming out. So if you do like, if you subscribe, you'll get notified when we have new episodes. All right. 
Take it easy. See you in the next one.